morning, Riverside. Welcome to Church Online and a Happy New Year to all of you. As we begin our worship today, I've been reflecting on Psalm 91, which begins, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And I pray that that will be true for all of us this year, that as we abide in Him moment by moment, that we will find rest in the shadow of His wings that our lives will daily proclaim that He is our God in whom we trust. Welcome to Riverside Online. I'm so glad that you're engaging with us during this time that we can't meet in person. I'm trusting that the Lord is still going to work powerfully in your lives because He neither sleeps nor slumbers. And so while we can't meet together, He still can work powerfully in your lives. And we're trusting that is going to be the case uh, for you. We have one announcement at the moment, and we're encouraging you to consider doing the Journey Program. It's a 20-week course where you really focus on getting your identity rooted in that of Jesus. So much healing takes place when we realize who we are in Christ. The course runs on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. at St. Declan's. There is a cost to it, and all of those details are on our website, and you can find them there. We really encourage you to go and check that out and book. The course starts on the 18th of February and spaces are already filling up really quickly and we wouldn't want you to miss out. So I really love this time of year. I think it's so important to end um, off a year well and then to just think and process about how we're going to engage Uh, And think about the new year. I know that the last few months have been pretty difficult. And it's starting to feel a little bit like deja vu as we've gone down into a more stricter adjusted lockdown. I know something that people often think about and some things that get thrown out is, hey, new year, new me. And people like to think, hey, what am I going to add? Maybe this is going to be the year that I sort out my diet or sort out my finances, finally get into those hobbies. You know, we start to think, what is this year going to be like? And there is nothing wrong with thinking about adding things to our lives and hobbies and wanting to change us. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, I like to think a little bit differently than the phrase, new year, new me. You see, if we've come to faith in Jesus Christ, we've already been made new. Scripture tells us if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So what I like to do when it comes to uh, a new year is to take time to process what has been and realign and refocus for what is to come. And I like to spend time in Scripture particularly around a few scriptures uh, that are the same each year, as I realign myself with Jesus. And what I'm going to do over the next few weeks is I'm going to take you into my processing of how I end a year and how I want to start a new year, especially focusing in on Jesus. I'm going to take you into some of the key passages that affect me in a big way. And my prayer and desire for each and every one of you is that you're going to be encouraged and inspired to uh, really, really engage in Jesus in a way that you maybe never have before. And so the first passage that I want to talk to you about is one of the most important passages for me personally. 
And it's 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. And this is what it says. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, I know it's really difficult just to jump into one verse in the middle of a book because context is so important to us. But what this passage really talks about is what this uh, series in the next few weeks are going to be about, which is the transforming power of the gospel. You see, this is right deep embedded into the DNA of what we believe and practice as a church. It's simply this. We know that we are saved by God's grace. We bring nothing to the table when it comes to our salvation. It is all the work of Jesus Christ. He saves us as we are. It talks about how we were enemies of God when Jesus saves us. But what is so, so incredible is that we are saved by grace as we are. But because of the gospel, we don't stay as we are. You see, we're saved by the gospel, but we are also transformed by the gospel. And this is the joy for me as a believer, is I don't stay as I am. Because of the work of Jesus, I'm saved and I'm transformed. And as this passage in 2 Corinthians is talking about, is I am made more and more like Jesus Christ through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. I don't stay as I am. You see, when that happens, everyone benefits. You see, because the Holy Spirit transforms me more into the likeness of Christ, my wife benefits, my children benefit, uh, the people that are in my life, my friends, my broader family, my neighbors, the community at large will benefit from me being transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ. When my character improves, my integrity improves, the way I behave uh, improves Everybody is going to benefit from that. And just to cast a bit of vision, if all of us as a greater community understand the power and importance of all of us being made more like Christ, all of our families benefit, all of our relationships benefit, all of our marriages improve, all of our parenting improves, our children benefit, our work benefits. The community benefits when we are all made more and more like Christ. And so this is what I talk about refocusing and and, uh, realigning ourselves with Christ. It's not about me developing new habits and, 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 and adding like, as I'm saying, new year, new me. I want to think about each year as Am I going to increase in maturity this year? Is 2021 going to bring about greater maturity in my life? If I'm going to look back over the next year, can I say yes with joy in my heart? I am so grateful because over the last 12 months, I can see the effects of the transforming power of the gospel in my life. And so that's one of the foundations for my life. And what I want to encourage you with is we can and should be increasing in our maturity. We should be increasing in our likeness 
of that of our character of Jesus Christ. The way we behave, the way we treat people, the way we engage with the world. Year upon year, ever-increasing maturity, ever-increasing likeness to that of Jesus Christ. And so that is what I want to start us off with in this series. It's kind of a bedrock for me personally. Every year I process, at the end of the year, and as I start to think of the new year to come, I want to become more and more like Christ. I want to see the ever-increasing, transforming power of the gospel at work in me. And I want the same for you. And so the, the next three weeks, we're going to be camping out in Romans chapter 12, because one of the other core bedrock passages for me personally happens to be Romans 12 and from verse 1. And so we're going to read it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, we know that uh, the passage starts with a therefore. And so we know when there's a therefore, everything that precedes it is important because it sets up everything that's going to come after it. And in this case, the writer of the letter of Romans, the Apostle Paul, he is talking about uh, Romans chapter 1 all the way through to verse 11. And so we don't have the time to unpack all of that. But what he does is in the next few words sets up what that therefore summarizes. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, so Romans 1 through to 11, he is unpacking the fullness of the completed work of Jesus Christ on the cross in our place for our sins, where he triumphed over our greatest enemies, sin, shame, and death, and he unpacks for us the full mercy of God, where I was an enemy of God, dead in my sin, cut off from him. But Jesus Christ steps in, and because of his death on the cross, I have been brought back into God's family. God and I have been reconciled because Jesus dealt with my sin. And now I am adopted into God's family. I am a son of God, a co-heir with Christ. And that is what he talks about in view of God's mercy, the, com the complete work of Jesus. In light of all of that, there needs to be a response from me. And so what he talks about from this point on in the book of Romans is what it should look like for me in light of what I believe in, what Jesus has done and established for me. And so he says, then in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now this, this term living sacrifice is a bit of an oxymoron. Because we know that a sacrifice is something that has died on behalf of someone else. But we know that Jesus was our ultimate sacrifice. He died in our place so we did not have to die for our sins. And so there isn't this uh, physical death anymore, which is why it's 
talking about now we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is a choice I make every single day from this point on in my life in view of God's mercy. I live for Christ. Uh, When it's talking about that living sacrifice, it's a choice for me to die to myself and to acknowledge Jesus and to live my life for him holy and pleasing to God. This is my true and proper worship. I get to increase in maturity and everybody benefits from that. And that is my response to my Savior Jesus, who was my sacrifice, who died for me. I get to live as a sacrifice for him. Again, not conforming to the patterns of this world, how the world lives, and we know the world's going crazy right now. And I'm influenced so much by the outside world. But no, this is why I take time to process. This is why I take time to realign and refocus on my Savior and what my response is to Him. It's not just to adopt new thinking and and new behavior that I'm seeing on social media and what this celeb is doing and and this diet and, and these new fads. But no, to come to Scripture and to see what does Jesus uh, call me to? Well, he calls me to mature, to increase in becoming like him. This being transformed by the renewing of my mind. And then I can know what his will is and live in that way. Increasing in maturity year after year, month after month, even day after day. I'm not going to get this right. Not every time. But this is my goal. And this is what I want you to think about. This is what I am processing right now as a follower of Jesus Christ in my personal capacity. This is my prayer. God, transform me more and more into your image and into your likeness. I want my character to be like that of your son, Jesus. For the sake of my family, for the sake of my wife, for the sake of my community, I want to be more and more like you. I want to be transformed into your image and likeness. I want this to be my true and proper worship of you in view of your mercy. So what I really love about, um, especially Romans chapter 12, where we're going to be, is that the writer Paul then goes to unpack for us what some of this transformation could look like. And so we're going to read just a few more verses from Romans 12 to start walking into what this transformation could look like. And so from verse 3, Paul the writer goes on to say, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather uh, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the faith that God has distributed to each of you. If there is only one thing you take away from this message, I want you to take away these two words, sober judgment. I really think that it is impossible for us to mature in our faith, to engage in the process of gospel transformation, if we do not have sober judgment about ourselves. See, this is one of the hardest things 
uh, for us to do. And I think this is why it's one of the first things mentioned in how to be transformed into the likeness of Christ and actually live lives of pleasing, acceptable worship to God. See, most accidents are caused when we change lanes because we look, but we know there's that little spot that we just can't see into, the blind spot. And that often causes uh, so many accidents. And so it is with us as people. We all have character blind spots. They're hard for us to pick up. We often don't know they're there, but they cause so much pain to the people around us. These are flaws in our character. These are things that we engage with in sin that we don't know that we are hurting people around us, and they hinder in a big way our spiritual growth. Now, now when we start to think of ourselves with sober judgment, this becomes also very painful. Us thinking about um, uh, the rehabilitation of a sports injury. We don't like going to the physio to have those, those joints so that injury stretched and worked and get it strong again. It's hard work. And so what I'm calling us to is a very painful process where we go into the inner Um, workings of our hearts and our lives where we don't like people to go and we don't like to look at themselves. They they are the really painful, painful parts of our lives. And just the other day, in fact, um, Inez and I started to uh, have some rising tension about an issue in our home. And it was getting getting really tense. And uh, because I was processing some of these things, I went away and after really thinking through the situation... I had to admit that this tension was because I was being incredibly selfish. And I had to go before the Lord and repent and acknowledge my selfishness. And I had to go to my wife and say to her, Inez, I am sorry, but I was being incredibly selfish and I need you to forgive me. And so if we don't have uh, sober judgments and if we're not looking at ourselves like that, we are going to be struggling to grow in our maturity. And so I'm going to, for the next few minutes, try and get quite practical with us so that we can uh, have a framework and some steps that we can walk with and walk into to help us start this process of maturing and help us come to a place where we can Uh, mine deep into our hearts and go into our character and see where those blind spots are, see where those things are that we need to work on so that we can engage in the process of transformation, gospel transformation. Because remember, we're saved by grace, we're transformed by grace, we're saved by the gospel, and we're transformed by the gospel. We are saved as we are, but by His grace we don't stay as we are. We get to increase in maturity. We want that for our lives because when we grow in our character, when we are transformed into the likeness of Christ, everyone benefits. And so we want that for ourselves, for our families, and for everyone around us. And so here are a couple of steps, and I'm going to put up some scriptures for us, and then they're going to be on the screen at the end of this message so that you have them as a resource for you over the next week to really engage with the scriptures. So step one is creating a posture of openness and vulnerability. Here's what it says in Psalm 
139 and verses 23 and 24, the writer, uh, King David from the Old Testament, he says this. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. Again, this is exactly what we've been talking about. And this is a prayer that you can pray at the start of this journey. I want to encourage you all to take this as step one. Pray this prayer. Pray these words. Search me, God. Search me. Know my heart. God, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me into a way everlasting. And when you pray this, be quiet. Be quiet before the Lord and see what starts to come up in your heart. Pray this prayer. See if uh, there is anything that comes up. And, and in a process of being quiet and this posture of vulnerability and openness before the Lord, whenever I've done this, there are things that I start to become aware of. Been times it's been how competitive I am. And then I can bring this to the Lord and engage with Him on this. And recently it's been a, an aspect of selfishness that has crept into uh, my character. I don't know what it is for you. It might be some other issues of sin like pornography or lust or maybe it's greed or the way that you're engaging with money. I'm not going to prescribe anything to you, but this is just going to be between you and the Lord. But it's a commitment to spend time with Him. It's a commitment to a posture of openness and hearing. Maybe if you want to confirm some of these things, maybe go to someone that you trust. Maybe it's going to your spouse. Maybe it's going to your best friend or your, your children or your parents and saying, I feel the Lord is saying, I need to work on this. Have you seen maybe that I've been selfish? Maybe I don't think I have a temper, but, you know, and maybe in, in great humility, uh, hearing what some people close to you have to say about your character. And if they line up with what the Lord has been saying to you, it's definitely... Uh, something that you can work on. Psalm 51. Uh, David has sinned. Uh, he has had an affair uh, with Bathsheba and had her husband murdered. And he's now become aware of just how great his sin is. And uh, the prophet Nathan has come to him and told him about this. And this has been his lament before the Lord. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before you. Against you and only you have I sinned. See, part of this posture of openness and vulnerability and sober judgment is realizing that if, the, if God does reveal something to me, if a loved one, someone close to me, does reveal something to me, I have a responsibility to acknowledge that that is sin and I need to repent of it. And so while he says, I've sinned against you and only you, God, it's being aware that when I sin, I sin against the one who is most holy. And if I'm angry, if I... Um, uh, shout at my kids if I discipline them too harshly or if, if I'm selfish towards my wife. Yes, I've sinned against them and I need to repent against or to them, but I also have sinned against God. 
And so this posture of sober judgment is realizing that when I fail in my character, when I'm failing the Lord, I'm sinning against Him, and I'm needing to engage with this in a big way. And so it's asking the Lord to search your heart and realizing that if sin is being brought to the surface, if you're becoming aware of something in your heart, it's then this posture of going, God, forgive me, I have sinned against you. Step two is tell someone. If you are aware of something in your heart, if the Lord has revealed something to you, this is what it says in 1 John 1 from verse 5. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. We are going to always struggle with sin if it is kept in darkness. The moment we bring things that we are struggling with out into the light, so much of the power of that is gone from us. If you go to someone and say, I really want to stop looking at pornography or lusting, or you say to someone, I really want to start honoring God with my money, I want to start honoring my wife with my words, and you just bring that to someone uh, wiser than you, maybe more of a mature Christian, someone that you trust, someone in your life group or, or around you that you know is a believer, all of a sudden, the power that that has on you is no longer there because we were keeping sin in the darkness where it had its hold on our lives. But if we come and we confess that to someone and say, I need you to encourage me. I want you to walk beside me. I want to get rid of the sin. I want to start honoring God in this area of my life. I want to be increasing in maturity as a believer we're going to start to see more and more victory in our lives because we are constantly talking to someone that we trust about this issue in our lives. Every time I've wanted to see major breakthrough with an issue of sin in my life, it's come when I've taken it from being in darkness and hidden and into the light by going to someone and saying, I struggle with this. Can you check in on me? Can you hold me accountable? Can you ask me in a couple of days' time, a couple of weeks' time, Craig, how's it going in this area? And I'm going to tell you, you're going to start to see some real progress being made and victory in these areas. And you're going to start to see some real change and increase in maturity. Step three is take time to learn around the area. I've often found that if uh, I've been struggling with an issue like anger, I then, this so many resources available around so many of the things that we're struggling with. Great Christian authors, so many podcasts, and, and leaders speaking around this topic that we can invest in ourselves for the sake of our loved ones and our families and our communities by reading uh, and researching, uh, gaining resources, books, podcasts around issues that we're struggling with to arm us with more to combat the issue that we are wanting to see maturity in and breakthrough in. Step four is immerse yourself in Scripture. We know that if we read Scripture every single day and at least four times a week, we're going to start to see massive change in our lives. And if we are going to want to take increasing maturity and transformation seriously, we need to be reading Scripture at least four times a week. But I want to encourage you to try carve out time 
every single day to focus on God's words. So let's quickly run through those steps again. Step one is sober judgment and saying, God, search me. Reveal to me if there's any offensive way in me. And you might need to engage with a loved one around that. Step number two is tell someone. Bring that into the light. Step number three is invest in yourself with knowledge around that issue and the best practices to work through it. Step four is scripture. Focus and read so much on scripture. Let's pray together. Father God, I'm so thankful that your desire for every single one of us is to be transformed into the likeness of your son, Jesus. I'm so grateful that you have given us the Holy Spirit who works with us to do that transforming work. God, I pray for every single one of us that you would, by your grace and mercy, bring us to a place where we realize the importance of what it means for ourselves and anyone around us that we increase in our maturity. And through increasing power of your Holy Spirit, won't you do that for us? In your holy name.